This is the Comedy Reject Podcast with your host, Sterling Scott. Hey, this is another episode of the Comedy Reject brought to you by TaylorMadeRadio.ca and produced by Matt Olix. All right, let's get it started. Here we go. Wow, people, what to even, where do I even start? Where do we even begin? First off, it feels like I haven't talked to you guys in forever. And uh, to my 56 dedicated listeners, I love you. I see that you guys are still here with me. And I want to first off apologize for last episode. I don't know what happened, people. Uh, Matt was off in the mountains, so he couldn't be able to produce my episode. And I recorded it. I listened to it. I uploaded it. And when it uploaded, it said the full time. And then when it was published, it just cut off the last eight minutes. So I don't know what I did wrong. I mean, it's just I literally uploaded it three different times. And on the third time, I figured that I had got it right and did not check back again. And then when I listened to it on Spotify myself again, I had seen, you know, it was too late. It was already up. People were already downloading it. And, um, yeah, I don't know what happened, people. I'm really sorry about that. But um, And then uh, I also said that I was going to go back to my regular Sunday uh, deliveries. And then my life just got swamped, man. Like, I can't even... In the words of my friend, Brett Forte, uh, (laughs) he literally came to my house and said to me, I'm worried about you, pal. You're a very disorganized human being. And I am. I absolutely am. Like, I'm that kind of person who has that personality where if it feels like I have too much on my plate, instead of doing one thing at a time, I'll just be like, fuck it and do nothing at all. Like... (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, if I feel like there's too many things going on, I'm like, I'm not doing any of them. I don't care. I'm not doing any of them. And that's kind of what was happening, but not with the podcast. It was genuinely, um, I got booked the hell up. I went from, I don't know when I'm ever going to work again, um, to just this month, though. Let me not act like, oh, my schedule is back to normal and everything's great again. Um, But, like, the entire month of August, I have been on the run doing shows almost every day in different towns and backyards, stages, clubs, what you name it. So um, I apologize deeply uh, to all of you guys and uh, I'll try and do better. I'm a try, but you have to understand I'm a legit fuck up. Like (laughs) if you know me, the amount of dumb things I do in my life, I don't know how I'm still alive. My if if I really had a guardian angel, it would be the most stressed out angel in the group. It would be my guardian angel would be like he'd be balding. His halo would be dingy, like the feathers on his wings would be falling out from stress induced uh, situations because of me. And uh, you know what I mean? Like he would just be like, I hope he dies. Like my guardian, I think my guardian angel would try to kill me. Just be like, look, man, I can't do this no more. This person is horrible. He's like, I'm an angel. I'm supposed to be in heaven. But working with this guy is hell. And that's kind of how my life is. It's just this hectic, constant loop of 
ups, downs, and are you kidding me? Moments. So uh, let's go into some of these moments that is called the life of Sterling Scott. First off, let's recap on something that you guys have, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast regularly, that you probably want to know the answer to. And that's the follow up with what happened uh, with the club that I was performing at. Now, um, the club that I was performing at was called, actually, now that I've spoke to this person to their face, now I could tell you guys on the podcast. And I'll tell you, the honest truth is that I felt like I needed to say things to this person's face so that before I told you guys, because I don't want this person getting this information secondhand, I wanted them to know from me directly. Uh, for those of you who don't know, what happened was I performed at the comic strip in West Edmonton Mall uh, in the last week of um, the last week of uh, June or July was it uh, June? And uh, while I was performing on stage, I was doing you know topics from what's going on right now in the world, and I touched on COVID. I touched on you know the new world that we're in. I touched on. Uh, black issues and Black Lives Matter issues. And when I came off the stage, the general manager, Dino, uh, came yelling at me and was telling me that he doesn't want me to perform anything about black issues. And he told me that uh, all I'm doing is bumming out white people, that I'm not funny, and that uh, he doesn't want me, he didn't bring me here for this platform to be political. And uh, so I didn't want to reveal all of that information at the time because I wanted to go and talk to him uh, directly. And so I went, uh, I'm not going to lie, it took me a while to go and talk to him at first because honestly, it was very stressful. It, it fucked me up mentally. I just wasn't right. I didn't feel good. And it took me a bit. Uh, I even went one time and the place was closed uh, when it was supposed to be open. So I guess they didn't have enough uh, audience or whatever. But I went and I told him directly to his face. And I said to him, I walked in and I wasn't rude. I wasn't yelling. I wasn't trying to make it a fight thing. This was something that, you know, had devastated and hurt me. Um, not just because of what he said, but of what it represents and I'll explain. Um, it's Dino was the kind of person that would always make black jokes. You know what I mean? Stereotypical, you know, black jokes under the guise of, oh, I'm just joking. Me and you are friends. And I'll be honest, a lot of the times I let things go because of the fact that he's the club manager and, you know, you don't want to lose favor with the manager. So you laugh at their dumb fuck jokes. Um, but when it came to him telling me not to perform my jokes on stage because he doesn't want white people to be bummed out by my performance, first off, if you guys have ever been to one of my performances, I'm not an average comedian. I'm a goddamn assassin, and I fucking murdered, okay? So for the record, I didn't have a bad set. I absolutely crushed, and I have the video to prove it. Second of all, um, to sit there and act like comedians don't bomb or don't have bad sets is a goddamn lie. 
I've been in this comedy club working with the comic strip for 13 years, people. 13 fucking years I worked in that club. 13 years I worked in that club. And I've seen comedians do pedophile, rape, dick, pussy, blood cut, all kinds of jokes. And never, not once, not a single time in my career, 13 years, have I ever seen Dino say anything to anyone about bombing or bad sets or don't do those jokes again. And you're going to tell me, you who has time for all these racist black jokes, that when I'm on stage talking about real black issues, that you don't want to hear it because people didn't come here to hear about your problems or you're bumming out white people or you have, quote unquote, a product to sell? Fuck you. Straight up. Fuck you. Because you're a racist piece of shit. And I told him to his face, I said, what you said to me was one of the most racist things I had ever had to deal with in my career. And due to your actions, I will never, and I mean never, perform here at the comic strip again. I refuse to have you guys profit from my black jokes that bum out white people and then turn around and when black issues arise, you don't want to hear it. Man, fuck you. So fuck you, Dino. In fact, you know what the worst part is? I even uh, had uh, the, 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 the kindness in my heart to give him the opportunity to change. I even said to him, as I was talking to him, I said, I really hope you change the way you are and that you can make a change. Because I believe that people, when given the opportunity, can change. And you know what he said to me? I ain't never going to change, Sterling. I ain't going to apologize for it either. I'm not racist. I'm protecting my brand, and I'm not going to change who I am. And at that point, I realized there's no more point in having a conversation, right? Because here I am telling him that what he did to me was extremely racist, and just like classic, classic white privileged ideology He's going to try to tell me to sit and listen to him so that he could explain to me how I'm wrong for thinking that he's racist. What kind of fucking crazy shit is that? Like, it was one of the most, you know, I, I have to admit that I, I expected that to happen. I don't know. I, I didn't expect him to be. Uh, to make a change of heart or to be anything because that's who he is. And then you know what really pissed me off? Um, one of the comedians um, went in and uh, I left my phone. I left my phone in the uh, in the place. And uh, the headliner that night, his name's Brett Forte. Uh, I had left my phone in, in the place and I was going to record the conversation that I had with Dino. Instead, I pushed record, forgot it and left my phone uh just out just you know outside of the room there so brett forte without me being there went into this room to ask dino what happened now i have the audio of this i just got to get it cleaned up so that you guys could actually hear this conversation but essentially what happened was brett forte was headlining and i believe the host was a young comedian in edmonton named brad semituck and uh, Brad was at the show that I performed at that Dino was complaining about. 
So Brett goes in, and I hear all of these things because Brett actually found my phone and brought it to my house. And so now he brings it to my house, and we check my phone, and oh my God, we could hear the entire conversation. So what happened was Brett went in and actually asked Dino, wait a minute, Dino, you said what? And Dino goes in saying, yes, Sterling was terrible. He was horrible. He wasn't even funny. It was trash. There's nothing funny about black issues. And it's not a stage for politics. We didn't come here for that. Nope. He's saying all he's standing 10 toes deep into the entire situation. And Brett is questioning it because Brett not only is my friend, but he's seen my comedy. And he said, well, Sterling's a very funny comedian. Did he have a good set? And Dino sitting there lying just says, nope, he has not. It was terrible. It was garbage. And Brad, who was there, who congratulated me when I came off stage for having a great set. Dino says to Brad, Brad, weren't you at the show? What happened when you were at the show? And this hurt my heart, people. This hurt my heart. Brad bitched out. Right there on tape, Brad said, um, um, I don't remember. I wasn't there on the day. I came on another day. I don't. And then they go, well, what about that day? And Brad said, I don't remember the set. Brad, I know you're young. I know you're a, a comedian. But what you did right there was the true definition of being a coward. And uh, what made it worse is that Brett questioned you, Brad. He questioned you after. And you said, I agree with Sterling, but what am I going to do? Tell the truth and not get to work at the club anymore? Brad, I wish you the best in your career. But that right there showed me you're a weak motherfucker. And I will tell you that to your face. You are a weak motherfucker. Because you had the opportunity to stand with me, and you chose making $500 a year at the comic strip. That's what you chose, and I hope that you could sleep at night with that. Because, you see, that's what I mean when I say white privilege. I can't go on stage and be me and crush and kill. I have to then think about, oh, what does the manager think, and what do white people think? Whereas you can go on stage and bomb come off that stage and still be get work. You see what I'm saying? That's why that shit hurt me. So Brad, I'm sorry, dog. I, I look at you differently. You know what I mean? Like uh, I know you're young and that you just probably made a rookie mistake. So uh, I don't know. I'll probably forgive you. But dog, you showed me that you have no heart, man. You have no heart. You definitely showed me what it means to be local because – I used to think I was a local comedian, but I'm not a local comedian. I'm an international comedian. I perform across the world. Whereas you, you threw another comedian under the bus so that you could keep a gig at a local club. That's some local ass thinking, Brad. And I'm so mad at you for that. But, you know, what can we do? So now that that's been done and dealt with, uh, that's it. That's the story. You know what I'm saying? I'll never perform at the comic strip again. And a lot of people are like, well, why don't you go and talk to the owners? Or th-? Listen, I'll be honest. I'm not blaming the owners. 
uh, Rick and, and Tammy. I'm not blaming them. They weren't there. They had nothing to do with it. But let's be realistic about this situation. This happened in June. It is now almost, it's mid-August now. And there's been nothing that's changed. And if anything did change, it would only be if their business was threatened. That's what I firmly believe, that the only way that anybody would jump out in front and do something to stop this is if they were losing uh, seats and people weren't coming or comics weren't showing up. But the reality is most comedians are weak-minded individuals. They're sad, weak people who will take abuse and take punishment so that they could try to gain acceptance in a room full of people who don't fucking know them. And uh, it's a sad thing. But, you know what I mean? If you want to change, the, you know, you got to be the change in the world that you want. And if a place, a comedy club does not exist without comedians, but a comedian exists without the club. And I will stand on that principle because no club comes above the comedian. The club is only the club because of the comedians that are put in it. But these comics are too fucking stupid to see that. Instead, all they do is have a pimp and hoe relationship. You ever ask yourself, how would a hoe, how would a hooker go on the street and suck a dick and then turn around and give the money to the pimp? Well, I ask you, how was it that these comedians who threw me under the bus, who was there on the night of that show make less money than the servers at the show that they perform at. Does that make sense to you guys? Do you hear what I just said? The servers, the people who bring the drinks for the people who are watching you, they came to see you. And the servers that bring them drinks make more money than you. And that doesn't make any sense to you. How is it that a millionaire club owner stands next to the comic who can't afford rent in a basement suite. Does that make sense to you? But that's what's happening. And bitch-ass comedians will punk out every time so that they can remain in the favor of their pimp. And well, I'm just going to be an independent hoe. That's all it's going to be. I'm out. So Comic Strip, you will never see me in your doors again. And I promise you guys, man, if you ever see this story pop up and they want to act like, oh, we want to apologize or we're really sorry, it doesn't mean shit to me. It doesn't mean shit to me. It's a fucking, it's a empty words that are just being said so that people could say, okay, they apologize. Now let's all go back. But um, you know what I'm saying? I feel like Harriet Tubman because as you're trying to save people, from slavery, many are running back to it. And I can't help everybody. And, uh, you know what I mean? I'm not here to tell anybody to boycott anything or, you know, not go or do whatever. I'm here to let you know that this is the reality of what it is to be a black comedian. That I cannot go on stage and do what a white comic does, which is be themselves. And I'm letting you know that I refuse to sit by and have these clubs try and tell me what is right and what is wrong based on their white opinion. You know what I'm saying? 
and and if anybody and you know what I'm gonna do actually I'm gonna do it I'm gonna post the performance and uh for all of those who will watch that performance before anybody sits there with all their criticism understand I was off stage for five months this is my first time back every fucking comedian in the world has stated how difficult it is for them to come back and do comedy again in this new world, new environment, new stage. And what can they even talk about? What could you even say? Where do you even begin? Yet I came and did that with a brand new 45-minute set. Untested, 45-minute performance, came out brand new and had a great set. Now, is my set as good as my old Sterling? Of course not. I'm five months out. It's brand new material, untested. And yeah, I'm going to miss a few beats. But listen to the crowd. I'm crushing nonstop. And the fact that I hit that hard and you guys have the nerve to try and tell me that all my material does is bum out white people. I had white people messaging me in my DMs. I have at least 30 messages from people who were saying how amazing my performance was, how it changed them, how it gave them a different way to look at things. And you guys want to try and tell me that my performance is is unacceptable because you want to protect your brand. Well, keep your brand. Keep your fucking brand. Well, I'll no longer ever perform at the comic strip. So that was the follow-up on that, guys. That's what happened with that. And uh, after that, I mean, I still, for the last couple of weeks, it's been a busy week. Like I said, um, I had to do the Carrie West. For those of you who don't know, Carrie West is a Caribbean festival that is held in Edmonton. And it is the largest Caribbean festival in Western Canada. And I host it. Now, they were going to cancel it completely because of COVID, but then decided to do it online. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, I had to do a lot of interviews um, and people got to watch it online. So I just, you know, I did interviews, introduced bands. You know, they had uh, amazing live performers, like superstars from the Caribbean, like Alison Hines. That was amazing. She's the queen of soca music. So to have her... Uh, come in on Zoom and do a live performance was phenomenal. Um, we even did a, a Caribbean Ahsoka workout class, and um, it was dope. I I did it, and I was exhausted. I realized I have no stamina, uh, <laughs> but it was phenomenal, and I'm glad that I got uh, the opportunity to be a part of that. So thank you, Carrie West, for uh, giving me that opportunity. Um then I had some, uh, some, some, uh, like I said, down, then up, then down. Here's the down. So I hate being paid in check. I think it's the stupidest thing in the world. I, I, I'm trying to get to a level in my career where I can deny checks, where I don't, where I could tell people I do not. Why the fuck do we use checks? Like, why do we use checks? I don't understand how any company. It uses checks as a form of payment. It drives me nuts. Here's why. All right? Because when you... I'm an independent contractor. So unlike a lot of you who are like, what are you talking about? We get a check. We deposit it into our account. And we have the access to the funds. 
Here's what's actually happening. If you work a regular nine to five job and you get a series of the same checks over and over and over again, the bank will then just look at the check, know that it's a regular uh, receiving check that you get, and they will clear the funds. However, if you are an independent contractor and your checks come from different individuals every time, every single last one of your checks are held for five business days. Which means every time I get paid, I don't get paid till the next week, which is frustrating as hell. Could you imagine that you do a job and you go to get your money and they're like, here, we're going to give you this. And what's this mean? It means that you get paid the week later. And I'm like, why do you have to give me a check? And then they'll give you the bullshit excuse of we need it for accounting. That's a fucking lie. You do not need checks for accounting. You can literally give me a letter saying, uh, you did this performance on this date. This is what we paid you. And I signed that. And that is for your accounting records because nothing off of that check is required other than the check number. Now, I don't know who's out there writing 600 checks a day that you need to keep check, that you need to keep, uh, control of tabs on all your checks, but it's not a real thing that you need to do. I hate it. I fucking hate it because then when you get the check, then they want to act, everybody wants to act like your check is the, is the devil, like I'm the one creating the fraud, right? Why is it that I have to accept a check in order for, to receive payment, but I can't go into a grocery store or I can't give a check to everybody else for payment? Why is it that I'm forced to receive money for my hard-earned work in the form of a payment that I can't use anywhere else? Where else can you use check? The places that you could use check, you don't even need to. And if it's like, oh, we need the money for, and we're not talking about huge dollars, by the way, people. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about if you were like, hey, I got to give you a quarter million dollars. I get it. You don't want to walk around with that in a duffel bag. That's fine. And you definitely can't e-transfer a quarter million dollars. So I get that. But when you're talking about money under $5,000, what the fuck do you need a check for? It's the most frustrating thing. So now I get a check. I'm not mad at you, Carrie West, for giving me the check. First, let me state that. What I'm saying is I got the check, and then I go to deposit the check. Now, when I deposit the check, uh, I used Scotiabank's uh, deposit. They go, oh, deposit your checks at home. So I did the thing through the app. I took the front picture, took the back picture. It said accepted. Then it deposited the money into my account. Now, it deposited money in my account. Three days later, I, I, uh, I, get, uh, I check my account, and my account is negative money. So it says that the check was removed. So I thought the check was bounced. Fortunately, I still had the check. But I've been really busy, haven't had the chance. And I didn't even check on it. I was just waiting for the five business days to pass so that I can have access to my funds. Right? Then something bad happened again. What bad happened again? My, trans, my uh, power steering went. So now, yes, my car that I got back that was working is now have to go back in the shop. So I check my account to see if my money's available. And sure as shit, says that the check was removed. Now I don't have my money. Now I can't fix my car. So I got to go into the bank. So I go into the bank with the physical check. And I'm like, hey, why did you guys say that the check was removed? And they tell me, Oh, it says check removed because it didn't have the images. And I said, how the hell could it deposit the check if it didn't have the images? 
And she's like, I don't know. I said, have you ever used the, the, the depositing of the check? And she goes, yes. I go, so you know how it works? She goes, yes. I go, can it even accept the deposit if the two pictures were not verified first? And she goes, yes. And I go, so then how are you going to tell me that you don't have any pictures of my check? And she's like, I don't know. And I go, well, here's the check. And you know what these fuckers told me? Now that we've deposited the check, wait a minute, the same, the same check that you deposited that you said you had no pictures of? She says, now that we deposited the check, if we try to redeposit it, it's not going to let us do it. You have to go get another check. Fuck you, man. I swear to God, as soon as I figured this out with the check, I am closing my account at Scotiabank. That is bullshit. How are you going to tell me that your app that you make me use, that I did everything right, that now I'm the one that has to go and fix this problem because you guys fuck up. And this bitch had the nerve to say to me, are you going to listen to me? I, I want to... Oof. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you right now. You ever you ever you ever fantasize about killing somebody while looking at them? I was at that level of anger. You know what I'm saying? Cuz here I am holding the fucking check. Okay? All you've got to do is take the friggin' account number and pull the funds out of it and put it into my account and you're telling me no because your stupid ass app didn't work. Ugh. So that was a shit show there. And then uh, on to the positive. I, uh, I, uh, for those of you who came out, uh, thank you so much. I had the, uh, I, I was, uh, I'm a brand ambassador. That's what it is, a brand ambassador, which means I'm a pretty lady for uh, a company, uh, for a weed company. You know I love smoking weed. And uh, there's this company called Numo Cannabis here in Edmonton, and I love them. They're dope people. They, they're, uh, they're great. They have beautiful stores and great selection. Uh, shout out to Numo Cannabis. And we decided to combine and have a comedy show uh, in their parking lot, and the turnout was phenomenal. And I had such a great time and everybody, the vibes was amazing. And just the diversity in the crowd and the audience, you know what I mean? Like there was old, young, Asian, black, white. It was beautiful. It was exactly what I had wanted. And the vibes was amazing. The comedians were doing great. Um, shout outs to, you know, Lisa Baker, Gulliver, Celeste, um, uh, Will Hannigan, Jim Kerr. Ah, uh, man, if I'm missing any other comedians, I know I am. I'm, I'm Benjamin Boss. Uh, uh, thank you guys so much. You guys came out and, and, and brought the heat, man, and I thank you so much. And um, if I'm correct, there should be another one. But then, of course, like I said, guys, there's good, there's bad, there's good, there's bad. So it was great. Had a great show. Here's the bad. AGLC, the Alberta Gaming Liquor Control Board, uh, wants to shut us down. And uh, right now, the uh, people from Numo Cannabis are doing everything they can because we didn't break any rules. We didn't do anything. We just had a comedy show in a parking lot. And uh, we didn't advertise cannabis. We didn't force any sales. Nobody had to be paid. Nobody was forced to pay anything. It was just a way of bringing the community together and having a fun time. And they want to shut it down. 
and they don't even know why. They're literally asking us all the questions of what we did so that they could see if we did anything to shut us down. And then when we answered all of their questions, they said we need to sit down as a board and talk about it because we believe that this shouldn't happen. And I'm just like, man, I'm fucking sick of this shit. I can't believe it, man. Like, the legalization of cannabis has made it more illegal than ever before. And the reason why I say that is because if we were just doing a comedy show in a parking lot of a company uh, before the legalization of weed, there wouldn't even be any. We didn't even sell anything. There was no liquor or anything for sale. So why is the AGLC involved? Like, it doesn't even make any sense. But yet, that's the ups and the downs. And now let's go back to an up. Um, I am... (laughs) I am back uh, performing again tonight, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm performing tonight at a show at the Grindstone Theater uh, called Black Laps Matter uh, with Natasha Lynn Miles. This will be great, and I'm looking forward to that. And this weekend, I am performing at Yuck Yucks. So I signed with Yuck Yucks. I'm now uh, a Yuck Yucks rostered comedian, and my first headlining week uh, ever for Yuck Yucks will be this Friday and Saturday at Century Casino inside Edmonton. So if you guys want to come down and see uh, my new material that's been refined, updated, new jokes, come on down. I'm uh, I'm going to do my best to, to knock it out the park. Uh, I'll be there with Kevin McGrath and Nadine Hunt. So it'll be a good time, man. So like I said, this Friday and Saturday at the Yuck Yucks in Century Casino. Make sure you guys come out and check me there. Um, So, you know, like I said, uh, just a lot of ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. It's just, I mean, mean, life's a roller coaster, and I guess that's what makes it exciting. But um, for the most part, I'm hoping for better days, you know. I got to tell you, people, I am... uh, I'm done. I don't think there's any hope for the society that we currently live in. And the reason why I say that, not to be bleak or brooding, is just simply that the society that we live in is so corrupted that we who are being oppressed by it also benefit from it. What I mean by that is, uh, for example, if there's people who are creating laws to create more money for the people who are already rich. If you complain, then they will fire all of the people so that they could keep their, you know, uh, 1%, they could keep their income up. They'll fire everybody. And then everybody that gets fired will then blame the people who are trying to prevent them from being evil. You get what I'm saying? It's just a roundabout way. And, uh, Uh, To my 56 listeners, I love you guys. In fact, you know what I would like to do, my 56 dedicated listeners? When you listen to this episode, do me a favor. Write on my page, on my Instagram, The Comedy Reject, uh, when I post uh, this episode. You know what I want you guys to do? Because I love you guys and I really want to do this for you. Uh, I literally call you my dedicated 56 I want to I wanna honor you guys. I want to give you guys something from me to you because this is my podcast. I started it because of COVID and I was looking at ways to uh, an outlet to entertain. But seeing my dedicated 56 come in every week, I feel 
I don't know, man. I feel like we we got something going on, man. Like y'all are my real fans, and I fuck with you guys heavy. So what I would like for you guys to do is this: on my next post, write "Dedicated 56," and when I see "Dedicated 56," I'm gonna come back and and I'm going to message you personally so that I could mail you a copy of my album signed by me as and you will be one of the dedicated 56 and um the reason why i want that is because if the day ever comes that i become super famous this podcast blows up and everybody in the world is acting like they're my number one fans you guys you dedicated 56 who rocked with me when I made less money than most of you that are listening to this podcast and I'm less famous than, you know, pretty much everybody you've ever met. <laughs> you guys were showed me what it means to have, you know, support a fan base. And uh, I don't ever want to forget you guys. So uh, before I sign off, I just want to say write dedicated 56. All right. Message me that on my Facebook, uh, The Comedy Reject, or on my Instagram, The Comedy Reject. Or if you guys choose to email me, The Dedicated 56, you guys know we got the podcast, The Comedy Reject Podcast at gmail.com. So you can email me as well. Guys, it's been a wild and emotional week. I've had so many ups, so many downs, and so many in betweens. And, uh, uh, we'll see how it works out again for next week. I'm going to try. I know I said that I was trying to go back to my regularly Sunday releases. And I'm still going to try to go back to Sunday releases. If it's an issue with uh, with the producer, Matt, because he's a very busy guy because he's got he's amazingly talented. Then I will move my date to possibly like a Monday or a Tuesday so that we could uh, just get some consistency going so that you guys can be able to tune into me every week again i'm sorry for the podcast that cut off halfway uh and i'm thankful to all of you guys who've been fucking with me this entire time the dedicated 56 i see you guys man every week man the same 56 people log in i don't know who you are i just see the same number so i don't know I just know it's the same number every week. I don't know how the hell it's the exact same number, but that number means a lot to me. If it grows, awesome. But as long as you 56 are with me, I will never stop doing this podcast. I love you guys. This is the Comedy Reject. We out.